right, so let's get started. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for joining us. You are listening to Two Moms in a Couch podcast. Um, my name is Hannah Renan. And I am Christina Chavez. And we are so excited to be starting this new little venture. Um, yay! yay. <laughs> um, so a little bit about me. Um, I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> the first one is mom. Um, I've got two kids, um, still kind of young. I got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. Um, and I'm also a lawyer. I am a big fan of side gigs. <laughs> I've started an inordinate number of side gigs. <laughs> some of them um, I will come back to, some of them I won't. Um, I'm also a full-time attorney. Um, I work in-house for a company in the construction industry. And um, I'm really looking forward to just chatting about life and different things that Christina and I had talked about and found in common. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely a little bit about me. We're, we're very similar people. So this all makes complete sense, yes. right? In the um, end, you'll figure it out if you stick with us. But in terms of my background, I'm also a mom. I'm a single mom. Uh, my little one is nine, about to be 10 in just a couple short months, which is crazy. Um, I do work full time as a consultant. I work with a number of different companies, um, but I also uh, am a chronic side hustler as well. So I do a couple <laughs> of different things on the side. And um, yeah, well, we're going to talk about and get into all of that here on this podcast, which is going to be amazing. So I like that word chronic side hustler. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's a great, that is the great way to describe it. Yes, for, for like almost two decades now. So, hey. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how we met because you know, we don't, we don't normally interact. It's not like we live next door to each other. Our kids don't go to the same, like, you know, game, like sports or after school activities. Um, they no longer go to the same school. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we actually met through the PTA of the local community school. Um, you were the outgoing treasurer and I was interested in joining the PTA and you, very wisely talked me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guilty. I did do that. <laughs> um, and in the process, so so um, I had submitted um, a form saying I was interested in being more involved in the PTA. Um, and you know, my son just started. Well, actually, didn't just start. Oh my goodness! It's the end of the school year. He just finished first grade. Um, and I was just trying to get more involved in the local community. We're relatively new to Florida. And so, yeah, so in the course of you had called me to sort of talk through what the expectations would be for the role of treasurer, which is you were the outgoing treasurer and um, sort of what the expectations would be and commitment would be. We're both very big on keeping our commitments and try very hard not to make commitments we can't keep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in the course of that conversation found we had quite a few things in common. Um, and I actually ended up, um, I think, peppering you with questions about your decision to homeschool your son. Yeah. <laughs> because we've been, we've been looking at whether or not that's an option for us as well um, with our kids. Um, and then we decided to meet up for coffee and in the middle of, you know, that conversation decided, realized that we're both sort of into side hustles and 
throughout this idea. I was telling you about a coaching business that I am in the process of winding down for the time being. And you mentioned I should start a podcast. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it together. (laughs) (laughs) And we came up with a name right on the spot. Yeah. And it was just, you know, smooth sailing. Well, kind of smooth sailing from there, right? (laughs) Well, we just started, so we don't know if it's going to be smooth sailing or not. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll just add to that. I think we actually even met like last fall. Yes, I think it was like when we were doing like the whole back to school thing. Yeah, right. And, you know, we connected then we exchanged numbers because of the PTA. Mm-hmm. But we just really never connected again, like for the entire school year. So then randomly, <laughs> yes, because that interest in maybe becoming a treasurer. And I'm like, well, you sure though? <laughs> um, you know, it You're just- 100% right. <laughs> it all just makes sense. I, listen, after having done that role with working full-time, being a single mom, work travel and all of that, uh, it is more than- anyone needs to take on and uh more stress than is worth so (laughs) that's not to say anything against ptas we are not it's amazing we're not saying anything against ptas it's an amazing organization you really just have to have the time for it right Um, otherwise it's it's really not fair to the organization or for yourself so right right um Yeah, so that's that's how we met. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about um, the work you do as a consultant? Because I'm very interested in how you. Well, do, you know, people see. talk so, about to people talk about consultant and what that means, but I think you know, not that many know what practically that actually entails. Yeah, no, I think consultant can mean so many different things too. So it's kind of like a word or a role that you'll use, like to describe like any work where you're not technically an employee or you go in and give advice or um, just help out with a project. So um, as a consultant, I pretty much do that. I go in and I'll do projects that range from anywhere from, um, I don't know, maybe about six weeks up to nine months, maybe a year if I'm willing to commit that long. Um, But I go in and I help with different strategies. Usually it's marketing strategy or go-to market strategy that I'm helping um, companies with because of my experience in analytics and sales um, in the background. Um, And then sometimes I also help with people strategy. So by people strategy, I mean you know, getting the best out of your talent, making sure that you're uh, utilizing your talent, the strengths of the people that you have in your organization, they're aligned to the right roles so that you can operate a lot more efficiently and your employees can actually enjoy their jobs, which is really important. Yeah. Um, I'm actually planning on transitioning though, because I've worked with um, big corporations for a long time. And while there's a lot of value in that, um, my passion is more helping people. And it always has been growing up. I wanted to be a teacher or, um, you know, something along those lines or a doctor. Um, So people have always been my passion. And my degree is in psychology. I recently started going back to school to finish up my PhD. So I really want to transition more towards helping small business owners and entrepreneurs as opposed to working with these larger corporations, because I just feel like that's more aligned with my passion and uh, my purpose. So mm-hmm. that's great. 
so okay so the goal is to do what you're currently doing but just be able to do it for smaller businesses exactly yeah so helping um you know new entrepreneurs or solopreneurs who want to start um their business mostly online or home-based businesses um because that just is the way to go in my opinion, you know, um, but, you know, mostly with that and getting them off the ground, whether it's helping with business planning or a strategy and, um, you know, and that ranges from pricing strategy to revenue and all of that stuff. Um, some bookkeeping and things like that, you know, just helping them get organized and off the ground is really what my, my goal is. Um, I'm super passionate about entrepreneurship and human potential. And I think that, you know, the more we allow ourselves to do the work that we love and have the flexibility for the people and things that matter to us, the more happiness, you know, can be all around us. So I just want to be a part of that. If yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> oh, I love that. I agree with you. I think, um, one of the things, so I'm very for entrepreneurship as well. Like I, I think that that is the future for this country, especially um, like if you look at what's going on right now in our workforce and with developments with AI, I think a lot of, there's going to be a huge gap. The jobs that people are able to get now aren't all going to be available in 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Um, there's going to be, you're either going to have entrepreneurship um, and like uh, service-based businesses, or there's going to be a lot of opportunity in trades, things that actually require a live person, like construction, like plumbing, you know, yeah. the, the things that you actually need a live person to do. But a lot of the stuff that sort of, I'm going to call fluffy work because it, you know, it can be replaced with artificial intelligence is going to go away. Um, and I will say this is one of the things that we connected on. I think that our current education system is a little bit broken. Actually, I will say it's a lot broken, um, not because of like teachers or parents or anything like that. I just don't think it's set up to help our children succeed in the world that's coming. Yeah, um, yeah. Like well, you and I talked about this, that, and I'm, I'm not an expert in this at all. I can't give citations or anything like that, but my understanding is that the history of the education system was that was built around the beginning of the industrial revolution when we were trying, when the government was trying to get farmers out of the, away from farms and into factories because they needed workers in those factories. Um, and so the whole system was designed to take who people who were pretty entrepreneurial because farmers are entrepreneurial um, and shove them into a box and work for someone else. Um, it wasn't designed to teach people to think critically, like really think critically and come up with solutions on how to take care of themselves independently. It was, how do you get a job and go through the corporate ladder and like work your way up? Yeah. I mean, even the school system, when like, when you look at how the year is set up, those three, two months in the summer or three months in the summer the only reason we have summers off is because that's when farms needed their kids back so that they could harvest. That's yeah. why there's no other reason why in a, in a society now where most families have both parents, or if you're a single parent, just the one parent working full-time all year round, that your kids would not have school for two months. 
out of the yeah. year. That <laughs> doesn't make any sense in this, you know, new world. Well, not new world, but in our current, you know, in system. the current times. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Like, you know, the future is definitely changing. And I think that, I think that's also why there's such a huge like shift or like boom in the coaching industry as well, mm-hmm. because like to that point, exactly. Kids are not being taught. Well, how do you actually look out for yourself in the, in the real world? Like what yeah. are the life skills that you need to be successful? And that's where coaches come in, right. Um, to, to really help out with that. So I expect, or I, can kind of foresee that coaching will also rise even with the advent of, um, you know, more AI and kind of getting rid of or losing some of the more, um, you know, lower level positions in the corporate world. And, you know, I definitely think that, you know, if people want to go the corporate route, I think there will be an opportunity, but it's definitely more that higher level thinking. It's doing the analytics, it's being able to, you know, do business intelligence and, you know, help with building AI and troubleshooting when things go wrong, because at the end of the day, we're going to have some issues with AI because it was built by humans, right? So it's not going to be a perfect system. So, but it's definitely going to be that, you know, higher level, you know, stuff. So I agree, we're seeing just a shift in a way of thinking and how we need to bring up our children so that they'll be successful when they're adults, because, even in those, what, 10, 12 short years, things are going to change quite a bit, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked about that, you know, and this is one of the other things we connected about, which is we want our children. I know I want my kids not to think that they're, they have only one path um, when they, to build a life, right? This isn't, this isn't about getting a job. It's about how do you build a life that's going to help them be able to make decisions for themselves about what makes them happy and how to do it, how to actually accomplish it. Right. Yeah. Not just get a job and be stable. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And who knows where the world's going to be in 10, you know, 10 years, my son's seven in 10 years, he's going to be 17, getting ready to, you know, become an adult and he yours even sooner because he's going to be 10. So he's got seven years. And in that time, you know, they're, we're going to have to give them the tools they need to be successful and to be able to make their way in this world. Um, You know, we'll always be there to support them, of course, but, you know, I think I want for my kids, I, for, and I've actually, I've thought a lot about this, which is 30, 40 years ago. Well, not even, (laughs) Shit, I'm dating myself. Oops, did I just say it? Did I just curse? <laughs> um, so when you think back to like World War II era, right? Which is no longer 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when you think back to the World War II, you had kids who turned 18 that were being drafted and went straight into the military, right? Yeah. Like they were making life death decisions at 18. Yeah. Since that time, we've seen a softening in like decision-making responsibilities, adultness of our 18, 19, 20 year olds. When back in the day, that's when you started your life. Now we've got 
a whole group of kids going to college. I mean, even my generation that would go to college to get a degree they can't do anything with, literally cannot do anything with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I always, <laughs> like my parents and I always talk about this because for a long time I was a little mad at them because I wanted to be an actress <laughs> when I was in high school. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. They said, look, you want to be an actress? Fine, but you do it on your dime. Like we're not helping with this because that's a ridiculous degree and you're not going to be able to do anything with it. And we're not paying whatever, you know, it was back then for you to become a waitress, basically. (laughs) Which, no, which best thing they ever did for me because, you know, it's it's easy to to think about, oh, this would be fun. And but not to spend, you know, whatever, 20 grand a year. But I think I went, I went to public university in California. Um, I think it was like 12 to 15,000 a year on a degree that you can't do anything with um, and without a goal. Right. Um, And a lot of the stuff nowadays, they didn't, there was no internet back then. then. I hate to say that, but there, I mean, I went, I graduated from high school in 2001. So like we didn't, I mean, personal computers were still relatively new. Like it was, a, you know, there was still computer labs yeah. um, in college. There were no cell phones. Facebook didn't exist. You know, social media didn't exist. And so I completely lost my train of thought when I was thinking about this. I went off on a tangent and forgot what I was saying, but that my, I think I remember now, which is we've seen a softening of our youth. And I don't want that for my son. Like I want for both my kids, my son and my daughter, I'm not as worried about her. She's, she's very much a decision maker, (laughs) even a three, but, um, but for both my kids, I want when they would like, when they turn 18, that they are actually prepared to make decisions about their life in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. You know, like one of my biggest, um, you know, in my opinion, you know, roles or functions or uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? One of my biggest, uh, I don't know, priorities, whatever, some word that I'm looking for, maybe. (laughs) Um, But one of my biggest, um, like jobs, I guess, like as a, as a parent is, Exactly. Like making sure that, you know, my child is ready for life. And, you know, you know, I, I do think that, you know, 18 is young, you know, because I know how my life went. And, you know, for me, it was like, you know, once I was 18, like I had real life things to, to take care of, like with family and stuff like that. And, um, and that was really challenging. So like, you know, for me, I do want to be able to provide that opportunity for um, my child to have kind of a, a grace period while he is, you know, learning how to make those decisions and operate in the real world and, you know, be able to take a pretty big step back, but still be there. But, you know, for me, it's like, well, early 20s, like, I want to know that you are good to go. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, if I am no longer around, like you can stand on your own two feet, you can make decisions for yourself. If there's something that you want to do, you can figure it out. And you're not needing somebody to hold your hands. And I just try to foster that as much as possible, even with that, you know, with his current age, you know, like I'm always 
talking yeah. about, well, Hey, I'm, I'm telling you this or, you know, something simple, like, why do you need to brush your teeth? Like in the morning and at night? Well, because I wish I was told that if I take care of my teeth, they would be better for me, like when I'm an adult. So I'm teaching you this now so that you learn how to take care of yourself, like, you know, now and into adulthood, or, um, you know, even just encouraging, like to be reflective, and think about, you know, how people make you feel how different activities make you feel so that you can start making those decisions now and, and learning like, well, what does make me happy? Because that's the ultimate goal, in my opinion, it's not about, finding a job, right? And then just working that job for 50 years and retiring. It's all about, well, really having some passion and purpose. And, you know, if I can teach that to my kid now, then to me, that means I'm preparing him for a life of happiness and, you know, success. And and that's in every area, right? It's, you know, relationships, it's when you know, when it's age appropriate, but, you know, it's like relationships, it's money. Relationships isn't, and relationships isn't just romantic, it's friendships, how you build yeah. a community. You and I were talking about how do you build a community as a, as a mom when you're busy with kids and everything that comes with that. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about from the friendship perspective, I know I mentioned that, you know, my little one is very selective, very discerning. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think that there's, that's a real skill to be able to Mm -hmm. like check yourself and see if you're really connecting with someone. And if it's a value of an valuable (laughs) enough connection to, you know, continue to invest and drive that connection forward and um, communication. You know, I tried to foster that with my, my little one as well. Like whenever he, you know, has had some challenges in the past, like whether it was, you know, a bully type of situation or even challenges with teachers at school, I always say like, you have a voice and you have a right to say in a kind and respectful way, Um, you know, this is how this made me feel. And, you know, can we talk about it? And, you know, even, you know, now at the age of nine, like, he's capable of doing that. And I don't think that that's something that traditionally kids are taught to do. Um, It's really taught to fall in line. It's you're not allowed to have a voice, especially in traditional public school. Right. Um, So there are just so many different things that, like, to your point, like, of life skills that it's so important to think about and try to foster in our youth today. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, there's a lot, (laughs) you know, my, when I was growing up, my parents, every time we would get into an argument, my parents would tell me, you know, when you have kids, you'll be able to do it the way you'll be able to raise them the way you want to and fix, you know, the things that you think we did wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that that is true. You, when you become a parent, you see the stuff that your parents did that you like, and then you also see the stuff that you weren't that happy with and you make the effort to change. And every generation has a new opinion of what should be improved, right? (laughs) What needs to be changed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think it'll just kind of, continue to um you know continue to shift and I mean nobody nobody knows how to be the perfect parent because I mean that just doesn't exist you know we're all human (laughs) and we are flawed and we have our trauma and we have our history and all of that and 
no matter how hard we try, we're still going to end up projecting some of that stuff onto our kids, which sucks. Oh, yeah. But all we can do is the, like, the very best that we can do, like, in, you know, just see them as individuals and, you know, allow them to nurture their, their independence and, you know, who they are as people, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about all sorts of things like that, like in in other episodes, like we're like just getting deep, like right away. (laughs) We have so much more to talk about. And eventually, you know, depending on what the audience wants, I'd love to be able to bring on guests and we'll, you know, chat with different people about some of the stuff we're talking about. Cause definitely neither you nor nor I are experts in any particular thing. (laughs) We're just very opinionated, which isn't that an expert in general? No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like whether it's like parenting or like homeschool stuff or like money stuff or, you know, but that is the role of a mom, right? You have to become an expert to a certain extent on anything that you're doing in your family. Well, not just a mom, a parent. Yeah. I was about to say, like, it's, it's for all of us parents. It's for all parents, but I just, I find that the, like most families still, even though we're transitioning a little bit, most families still take on traditional roles. And so the mom tends to take on the burden or the primary responsibility for becoming the expert, right? Like figuring out, you know, if your kids get hurt or get sick, you're figuring out like how to help them. So you become an expert in some sort of medical care, yeah. <laughs> depending on, you know, depending on who you are and, you know, homeopathic care, like you figure out things to help your child, right? Schooling, yeah. you start to learn like education techniques, because you have to help your child do homework and learn and do all that stuff. I mean, every aspect of our kids' lives, we have to become some sort of expert in, plus they ask endless questions and you have to be able to answer them in some, ha- in some way or fashion. And I have learned that I don't know the answer, but we can look it up. It only works for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother thing in and of itself is itself is like having these deep philosophical conversations like with with children, you know what I mean? And I don't know, I just I find it very interesting because like if we do allow us and granted, you're right, like we, we don't know everything, but it's like if we allow ourselves to go down those rabbit holes like with with our kids and that just gives them the ability to start some of that critical thinking right and to you know be able to form their own opinions and and whatnot so I mean I do agree like it's a lot like we have to you know figure out how to be experts and wear a lot of different hats in a lot of different areas if you're you know really committed and you want to you know create the best you know life for your kiddo and help them to be as well-rounded as possible you know like you do have to do all that but Uh, I don't know. Like, I I actually would honestly (laughs) love to hear, and I know that we're, you know, two moms and we have like our, you know, opinions and perceptions and our experiences, um, but I actually would, because I think that there's also been quite a bit of a rise in um, stay-at-home dads lately too. Like I've I've seen and heard more and more about that. And um, while that didn't quite work for me in my previous situation um I would actually like to learn more about that like so if you are like 
you know, a mom and you're the one who's kind of going to work and, you know, dad's staying home, like, you know, I'd love to hear about that. And I don't know, I guess, like, what drove kind of that decision and, and what makes sense, like just having a, an open and honest conversation with folks, anybody who wants yeah. to chat about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have plenty of time. We're, we're planning to run this for a while and yeah. um, we'll be covering a number of different topics, some of which we may cover over and over because they deserve the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll, we'll touch on things as often as we need to, as often as they come up. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, it's been fun. I love having these chats with you and um, we're going to end this episode and we will see everyone on the next one. Yes. Awesome. So good chatting with you and we will see you guys soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye.